You're listening to Grace and People, a podcast about the people of Grace and Peace, Austin. I'm Nate Oinanen, and today we are listening to Sam Eddings as he interviews Jeanette Sands. Jeanette is the administrative assistant here at Grace and Peace. She's been coming to Grace and Peace ever since she moved to Austin back in 2016 for grad school. Sam has been here with his family since the start and is an elder at Grace and Peace. Let's listen into their conversation. This is Sam Eddings, and it's June 3rd, 2021. We're here talking to Jeanette. Hey, this is Jeanette. <laughs> um, how are you today, Jeanette? I'm pretty well. Good. It's been a good day. Um, it's a Thursday evening. We're here at the church office. Um, recording for the Grace and People podcast, and uh, let's uh, let's get started. So, Jeanette is here with me today. She works at the church. She's born in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, her family moved to Texas about two years after that, um, and then after a couple of moves in Texas, she settled in Carrollton where she spent the rest of her childhood and adolescence. Jeanette came to Austin in 2016 for graduate school at the University of Texas and has been here ever since. She started attending Grace and Peace in the summer of that year. Um, and for right now, she's the administrative assistant at Grace and Peace. So what's that like working at church? Um, so far it's been wonderful. I've learned a lot. I've been challenged a lot. Um, and it's really been a place for me to, to grow and to explore what has sort of been a slight call to ministry throughout my whole life. Um, and that this position sort of has given me the chance to materialize a little bit. So when did when did you start working at church? In February of 2020, um, right before sort of the shutdown. So one easy month and then right into the pandemic. Yep. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your background. You said you grew up in Carrollton. Mm -hmm. You also went to Tarleton and then you came to University of Texas. You want to tell me a little bit about your journey from Carrollton through Tarleton into here? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I guess I can sort of do an educational survey. Um, I grew up in, in Carrollton, Texas, and I was homeschooled for my entire K through 12 okay. um, education by my mom primarily um, with support from my dad. Um, and then my older sister decided to go to Tarleton State to pursue a degree in piano performance. Um, and we didn't actually, by we, I guess I mean my mom and I, um, didn't actually think that I was going to graduate from high school for another year, but my sister went to orientation and there was actually an extra um, scholarship available in the science and technology department. And I, had, I was already sort of interested in something science and technology related, math, physical therapy, something like that. And so we made a rather, um, like, split decision to um, apply me for Tarleton and apply to the scholarship. And I got both in the summer of 2010. 
Um, and so we decided to graduate me early from high school and I headed off to college to be my sister's buddy. My mom was a big believer in the buddy system. Mm -hmm. And so I think I technically only did three years of high school, but I had been tracking with my older sister. We sort of were um, partners academically. So I had completed enough requirements and whatnot. Okay. And how much older is your sister? 22 months. Okay. And it's just you and her, you have other siblings. Oh yeah. Um, I have three younger siblings as well. Okay. So, um, there's five of us total girl, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, girl, boy, girl, boy. Okay. Um, that's cool. Yeah. And so you mentioned a science program. Oh, what what was your study at Tarleton? I eventually, I, I I went in as, um, I think what was called like a biomedical science major. Mm -hmm. Um, but I took freshman biology and freshman chemistry and was much more inclined towards the chemistry. It just made more sense in my head. And so I decided I guess it was really that first semester to go for like a pure chemistry degree. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was considering physical therapy school, but by the end of the degree, I I decided not to go. Okay. Um, I did a little bit of shadowing, um, but just didn't feel called to it. So then, to to move it forward, um, I went back home, and um, pretty quick there was a family in my church that had a need for a nanny. Um, and I had at that point hadn't made any sort of like long-term career decisions and I loved this family and I was excited about the opportunity. And so I was with them fall 2014 through, um, pretty much fall 2015. And during that time I decided to go to grad school in nutrition. Um, my mom had studied nutrition and so it had been sort of on my radar, but Tarleton didn't have a program, and so I decided to do it for grad school. Um, she had attended University of Texas, um, so I applied there, and also TWU, which is up in North Texas as well. Okay. Um, got accepted to UT, and that is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, studied nutrition, got my master's. Um, again, didn't feel super called Um in any of the options in the field of nutrition. I, I love the, I love the field. I love the science of it. Mm-hmm. I love having that sort of body of knowledge, but decided I didn't want a career in it. Um, and pretty quick got another nanny position. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there were a few and then my, the family I currently nanny for. Um, and then the opportunity came up at church and I had the flexibility to take that on, that on as well. And so, Okay. That sort of brings us up to the present um, time. So you came on working at church after getting two reasons science. Is mm-hmm. there like a reason that you wanted to come work at the church? Um, not strictly science related. Right. Um, but. Well, I mean, because that, that represents a change, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's not super hard or super easy to explain. I, I can't say that I've explained it to myself mm-hmm. thoroughly, but, um, I have always sort of had this gut feeling that like someday I might end up in ministry and I never mm-hmm. really pursued it, um, intentionally, so to say. Um, but I was really excited when the position came up and my schedule allowed it. And I was like, maybe this is God saying, you know, here's a 
a position you to get started to see, see what this is all about. Um, and so that's how I got into ministry and I still love science. Um, but I, uh, at, at the present time, don't feel called to a career in it, mm-hmm. um, in any of its many facets. <laughs> so, so, I mean, is there anything you've thought about ministry wise that appeals to you? Um, anything you're working on or just kind of like where you might see yourself in a few years? Sure. So I am loving what I do at Grace and Peace, which is more the administrative side. Mm -hmm. That does appeal. I guess there's a little bit of overlap science-wise there, the organizational mind in a sense. Um, So I do love that. But um, something that I have also sort of gotten into personally is is something called Celebrate Recovery. Um, And I am called to that um, side of ministry, sort of the recovery side of ministry, and see myself exploring that further. I've been personally involved for about a year and a half now and am leaning more into the leadership side and definitely see that being a part of my life, both in my personal walk with Christ and in my pursuit of ministry. Um, And so I sort of have those two ministry balls up in the air right now Mm -hmm. um, and and really love them both and, and feel like I'm well suited to both. And so what's like celebrate recovery. That's like a recovery addiction mm-hmm. program. You want to give me like kind of 20 seconds about what, what that is, what they do, like what's their pitch? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so celebrate recovery is a 12 step recovery program. Um, I think a lot of people know the granddaddy of 12 step program sort of as alcoholics anonymous. Um, I see celebrate recovery as differing from that in sort of two major ways, which is, that it's explicitly Christ-centered as your higher power and um, that it's a multi-issue group. So you can come with anything you're struggling with, hurt, habit, or hang-up wise. And um, the, the goal is to be a place where anyone who's struggling with anything, um, we obviously want Christians, but we want non-Christians. We want anyone to be able to walk through the doors and have a place where they can share their story and to have people listen to them and love them and point them to Christ mm-hmm. um, and the healing that can be found there. And I think in the testimonies that I've heard over and over again, what astounds so many people is that they were welcomed with open arms and they, um, they were just surrounded with love. They were expecting rejection, but they, they were answered mm-hmm. with love. So I, I'm going to get teary if I go no, too much great. farther. That's a, that's a noble goal. Yeah. So you mentioned that you talk about testimonies and I did want to ask, you know, you grew up in going to church, mm-hmm. going to a PCA church in Carrollton. Mm-hmm. You have two brothers, two sisters. You want to tell me like, you know, how did you come to know Jesus? Um, I, as much as much or as little as you want to. Sure, yeah. Um, I my story is that I don't remember a day that I did not call Jesus Christ my savior, um, and I think that it w- was the blessing of the family I was raised in, and the and the church, imperfect as it is, um, that I think it, w- it was actually James Wood in my 
membership for P, for GNP mm-hmm. that put it in words that I had never been able to figure out before that my family was the the testimony that I accepted that that living with Jesus Christ living in relationship with him pursuing relationship with him was the way to live the human mm-hmm. life um I think I added a few words to his but that that's the only way because that I've been able to describe it because I, I do honestly don't remember a day that I didn't affirm Jesus Christ as my Savior. I remember the first time that I think I vocalized it to other people other than my parents was in my communion, you know, being accepted to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was around 10 or 11. And so I think that was the the first time that I gave a formal profession of faith to someone like other than my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then testimony-wise, I feel like in terms of a watershed moment in my walk with Christ, Celebrate Recovery, really, that I started in about January of 2020, um, is when, is like a tipping point when the roller coaster just really started moving. And um, I both felt like I was moving closer to Jesus Christ, but wrestling more and more um, with just, the truths of the Bible and the challenges of faith. Yeah. Um, and that is not de-escalating as I get more into recovery, it's escalating. Yeah. And I think that maybe that is just the Christian walk. I mean, I think it is. I think I remember an old John Piper talk where he talks about, you know, people say, I'm struggling with this. And he says, what you mean is you're giving into it. Mm. But, when you're struggling with it, he means like you're fighting, mm-hmm. you're fighting it. Yeah. And so I think that's a good sign if you're feeling that feeling the tension, vulnerable mm-hmm. and tense about those things, because I think it means you're actually doing battle. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, since you mentioned struggling, um, one thing that we talked about before we started recording is we both have an interest in science. That's why I was asking about that. Mm-hmm. We both listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, how do you think that like your scientific training and background affects your Christian life or vice versa? I mean, I ask because I think right now um, <clears throat> a lot of my neighbors, most of whom are not Christian, perceive that there's a real battle between science and Christianity. I don't personally see that. Um, but I think it's good for Christians to get their perspectives out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, like you, I think don't see a battle between God and science. I think, um, the beauties and complexities of the created world affirm God's, Mm -hmm. uh, multifaceted omnipresence and skill and creativity and, um, and in the science, you know, chemistry and nutrition specifically that I study, but all of them, I think it's a way to grow closer to God and to marvel at his, um, yeah, just his brilliance, like molecular, at the molecular level, like, you know, knowing what vitamins look like and like what they actually do in your body. Like, I think that the more you know about that, the more you can worship God, um, and so for me, that's not really been a struggle or a tension. And mm-hmm. I, I, there's a lot of talk 
and I remember this from high school, like pre-college, pre-even deciding a science major, um, the, the, these like warnings of, of like the, there's going to be an attack on your faith, specifically mm-hmm. in the science classroom. And, you know, I definitely had professors that did not affirm God creating the earth. Um, and, you know, so they were coming from like an evolutionary standpoint. And I just, I just never could get on board with it. Mm-hmm. It just, it didn't make sense as an explanation. I mean, like from a macro evolution, not from like the, the, the small adaptive changes that, right. that um, happen mm-hmm. in the species and populations and whatnot. Um, but I just, like, they would say Mother Nature did this or, or you know, some broad impersonal force did this. And I just sat there and was like, man, God's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that, and, and, um, that's, that's all I could really think in the face of just the complexity. Of, I, and even it, sometimes it seems like people get deeper into science and that's when they reject guard. I think the deeper you go, the more it points mm-hmm. to an intelligent designer the more complexity you know, the less it can be explained by an import personal force. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's just been a, a venue for adulation and worship mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like people say intelligent design a lot, but I also think like it just takes a it takes a grand vision to create what we have in the world, mm-hmm. and that comes from somewhere. I think as Christians, we know God, we know about his person and his goodness. And I just think it, it just dovetails so nicely together. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I wanted to ask about like, you know, you mentioned you're a reader. Um, I wanted to ask about like books that are important to you. I'd like to kind of do a couple different categories. Like since we're talking about science, do you have any books, um, Maybe it was a class or something science-wise that you felt just really made an impact on you. It mm. doesn't have to be like a number one, just something that's... Sure. It could be something that's like, this totally changed my life, or I just read this recently. It was really fascinating. You know, I have not done a lot of science-based literature recently, mm-hmm. um, but I will say going all the way back to undergrad, there was like a seminar I took on natural disasters, and she mm-hmm. had us read whole books about natural disasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just really fun. Like the one that, the only one that's coming to mind right now is about Krakatoa, which I think if you have read the book, 21 balloons, the volcano, yeah, the volcano, that's like a kid, a version about Mm -hmm. that, or I could totally be making that up. But anyway, the, the, the full scientific explanation of Krakatoa was fascinating Mm -hmm. and like how it threw the ash up into the atmosphere and like the entire world was blackened for some period of time so anyway that was fun i can't uh, say that i can think of a scientific oh except for nope i thought of one i just read a book about sleep uh, the okay. science of sleep it's called i think why we sleep by matthew and i'm going to forget his last name it's a british guy yes yeah i listened to this book too oh you was okay it's pretty good oh my goodness fascinating um and a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, I should never have pulled an all-nighter ever in my life. I've probably taken five years off my life. But, you know, and current struggles with 
the insomnia and stuff. But, right. Um, so that's, yeah, I guess that's the most recent science-related book that I read and was fascinated by. What about um, either secular or Christian literature? What are, like, some books that kind of... Stand out. Okay. Secular. It can be um, either one. Just yeah. any, anything that you've... Okay. I'll, I'll do Christian for right now because I feel like I'm reading a lot of books. Um, I have this habit of starting books and not going all the way to the end. And I've sort of had to accept it about myself. And so I'm perpetually in the middle of just like a bunch. Um, I think that's actually a sign of good character. You shouldn't. You shouldn't continue reading a bad book. You should just. Oh no, but they're good books. But there's too many good books. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, Okay, so I am going to blank on all fifteen books that I'm in the middle of right now. Um, I did just finish a book though, and it partly was because it was short. It's called Adam by Henry Nowen, and. I finished it partly because it was short, but because it was such a compelling story. It's actually Henri Nouwen, so it's H-E-N-R-I. The guy at Barnes & Noble had a a hard time finding it Mm because I spelled it wrong. Anyway, um, that was very good. Um, I am exploring some Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Soren Kierkegaard right now. those I've been interested in for years and have not actually dived in. We used to uh, read some of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's works, like for family devotions, but mm-hmm. I haven't. I actually haven't studied him on my own. So those are some current books that I've just started. Oh, I'm reading "Gentle and Lowly" by Dane Ortland. Um, I think that's sort of making the rounds. I don't know who that is. Um, th- this is the only book I've ever heard of him by him. Uh, the ladies, I think, just did a study, which okay. I didn't participate in um, because I have a problem with actually moving through yeah. a book. You um, said it's Gentle and Lowly by who? Dane Ortland. Okay. Um, and then I feel like it's somewhat related, but um, I'm reading The Path of Lone- Loneliness by Elizabeth Elliot. Okay. Um, you probably know Elizabeth Elliot. Or, or no. I don't know her. Oh, uh, you I don't know, know her. her. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so I'm sort of in the middle of both of those. Um, oh, Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. That was on recommendation of John. Sweet. Yeah. Um, anyway. So you read a lot of Christian literature. Yeah, and I feel like right now, sort of in the moment that I am personally, I just... I, 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 that's what I want to, to explore right now, just to broaden and deepen my, my understanding of the Christian faith and mm-hmm. how others have approached it and, and all of that. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's someone here. I don't know. I'm, I might have to read some of these. Yeah. Um, so last couple of things here. Yeah. Is there anything we didn't cover that you did want to cover? I I think we've covered a good spectrum of, good spectrum. of topics. Um, I mean, it's only been like twenty minutes. That yeah. can't be your you know your my whole inti- life. No, <laughs> but we don't want to get into my entire life. <laughs> That's several podcasts worth. Okay. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's nothing else that I'm dying for the congregation of grace and peace to know yeah. about me. <laughs> Well, so I did want to ask, lastly, like, you know, 
2020, 2021's obviously been kind of tough. You know, you started this new job mm-hmm. and it hasn't been the way you want it to be. Like, what are your hopes? Um, just kind of for the next calendar year. Um, that can be hopes at church, hopes like for the world, for you personally. Like, what are you looking forward to? Sure. Yeah. Um, I am looking into just finding maybe a little bit of rhythm and balance, like with my career, which right now is, you know, pretty evenly balanced between nannying and church work. Um, just digging into that and running with it, um, mm-hmm. which I'm off to a good start. So I have, I think, pretty good hope for that. Um, I would love, you know, as a part of staff and as a as a member of Grace and Peace to be part of a push out into the community to, to love on the community, to bring people in, uh, and to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in a practical way, um, that'll be, you know, worship, of course, and, and how to draw people into worship and, and into the life of the church. Um, so that's a hope for the community here in Austin and, and our local community. Um, that I, again, I guess to get to more global things that hopefully, you know, the hope for whatever we do at the local level is that it starts to spill over into the broader culture and inform approaches to like, you know, difficult subjects that we're struggling with. Make sure that the church's voice in a loving and Christ-centered manner mm-hmm. is is in that mix. So, yeah, I think Austin especially really needs um, the gospel to be heard and listened to and um to just kind of soak into the community I, I feel like there's a lot of brokenness now even here now even amidst all the you know companies moving here and wealth and beautiful people that you see everywhere like this is a really broken city under the surface and I think there's been a lot of consequences bad ones through this last year of people not being able to get together and Mm-hmm. Um, church is not being able to meet and I was really excited this past Sunday was the first Sunday that I was able to meet in person inside mm-hmm. and it was just kind of amazing just being able to hug people again and be out there it's a big deal it's not it's not nothing. it's not trivial no yeah and I think you know even another six to twelve months of that is going to be really good for our church community and I hope I hope like you, like you do, that that spreads out into the surrounding community. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think that's about it. Yep. Um, Thanks, Jeanette. It's been good talking to you. Thank you, Sam. It's Um, been good sharing. And uh, it's been my pleasure and honor to interview you. And we'll see you guys next time. That was Sam Eddings interviewing Jeanette Sands. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Grace and People. This podcast has been produced by myself and Joey Perez. Hope to see you next time. Take care.